Good morning. It is good to see everybody at the chapel this morning. I've got some friends here today, Savannah and Craig Groshans. Man, let me tell you, they're good friends of mine. I've got Destiny and Emily in the back. Let me tell you, Destiny cuts my hair. And she says, what are you going for? And I'm saying, I'm going for hot. When I go home, I want Gwen to go, you're hot. Destiny always hits the target and uh, yeah. So I'm glad to see you here. We've had a great week and as you're finding a place I want to tell you that I appreciate all of you guys that were able to make it to the men's breakfast. And we heard Alex talk about Cambodia. And uh, he'll give a, get a chance here in a couple of weeks to share before they go back and uh, to the mission field. And it's just an amazing ministry, what's going on over there. And he's uh, chosen to uh, take somebody with him this time. Him and Nettie are taking Johnny Parker. And Johnny's going to go. And... Uh, Again, we're going to give you an opportunity to give uh, to his uh, missions trip and be a blessing. You know, uh, sometimes I kind of get I get in on that investment. I, I kind of want to partner so that everything that Johnny experiences, I believe in the Word of God, says that as we're partners, we receive that too. And uh, just good news. And we're looking forward to hearing more about that. Yesterday, Gwen and I and several people from our church went to... Uh, a movie premiere, and some of you have seen that in Hollywood where they have the, the red carpet and all the flashlights and people come out there and take your, you know, the celebrities' pictures. Well, it wasn't nothing like that, but it was close. <laughs> and uh, I want to ask Ian to stand. All the Harp boys, let's get this guy right here. Where, where's Quentin? Here's Quentin and Brennan. Here comes Quentin. The, these... <laughs> let, let me tell you something. Those guys, you may be seated. Those guys are movie stars. They were in the movie. Ian uh, not only was one of the stars in the movie, but he directed it. And uh, uh, let, let's just say this. The, the kingdom of God needs good, talented actors as well as directors and uh, even at the end of the movie that he had directed and starred in, that he put up there that for the glory of God. It was a comedy, and uh, Gwen and I, we, we had to almost get oxygen afterwards. We were laughing so hard at the end. And uh, anyway, I was very proud of them and all the people from our church that were in it. Uh, Axiom Coffee was even uh, one of the places where it was filmed, and they showed Axiom Coffee, and it would come around again. I go, Gwen, that's also in the back room of Axiom Coffee. And, and, and they would do a, a scene, and Gwen, she goes, I know, Axiom Coffee. And if you're here today and you didn't realize it, that the building to our west, uh, the white buildings we own, and uh, one of them is called Axiom Coffee, and uh, we do a ministry out of that. It's open for the public, just like uh, Starbucks or another coffee shop. And uh, when people come and other churches say, uh, could, could we possibly use that as a, a place for a Bible study? We said, definitely. So we can do it in here? Definitely. Are you sure? 
I know the owners. <laughs> Definitely, you can do it in here. And so uh, we were blessed to be there. It, it's just amazing all the good things that God is doing in our church. And uh, man, I tell you what, even on Friday, you know, October is usually considered Pastor Appreciation Month, and Gwen and I were blessed all the way through October. But the young men of our church, the young adults, took their pastor to Texas de Brazil Steakhouse. Now, again, is it etiquette in the church to do the woo? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Especially about appreciation your pastor. And, and they invited Craig Groshen, which, again, is a wonderful minister in our uh, church, and he's ministered here and in our young adults. And we just enjoyed uh, eating meat. They asked me, do you want to go to the salad bar? And I said, no, I'm not a rookie. I've been here before. (laughs) So anyway, hey, let me get you up to speed on where we're at. We've been talking and and I've been sharing. This is the month that we're talking about hope. And we're in a hope campaign. And as we're going into Thanksgiving, sometimes we forget to be thankful all the way until, you know, the Sunday or when we're sitting down and we're looking across the table and, and there's Uncle Joe and... He's moving kind of slow at the junction. Anyway, we kind of go, what is wrong with us? That we're not thankful and we're getting together more than one time a year and just expressing how much joy that we have in our life. So as we're going through this campaign on hope, I want to remind you, two weeks ago, we talked about the love chapter. And at the end of the love chapter, when Paul explains about what love is and love doesn't do this and love does that, that we realize that love, hope, and faith are things that are going to last forever. But let me tell you that the things that they say about those three are important for us as a believer. And as we grow, you guys can take off the announcements now. As, as we grow and we grow and we're in the kingdom of God and we're around people and we're trying to, again, grow... Did I say grow? That we're not stagnant in our growth, that we're growing and we're beginning to see things take place, the fruit of the Spirit. Things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And everybody said, ooh. But the three, I want to bring back to your mind that if you have love for somebody Inside of love is developed hope and hope for the very best in that person. Now think about this. If you have somebody in your life and and they're not too loving, it's your responsibility to get to the place to loving them. God did not make a, a suggestion to us as his children to, if you can, love them. If you want to, walk in love. That we are obligated as a believer and a child of God to walk in love. So when you have love, let me tell you, then you're beginning to develop hope for the best in that person. Also, as we know, we're people of faith, and we're going to be hearing a lot about faith if you stay at this church more than about two hours. That you cannot have faith if you do not have hope. And, and when you start having hope, you realize that faith is being sure of the things you... Say it again. Faith is being sure of the things you... Oh. 
hope for and certain of the things you do not see. You cannot see the things that you're hoping for. Therefore, you're hoping in something that's not seen. But when you put your faith in that hope, you walk it out. And when you walk it out, and one day you're able to see what you've been hoping, and then you put your faith in, you see it come. All of a sudden, you don't need faith anymore for that thing. Because it's evident to everybody that's around you. Last week, I took it a step further. And I said that there's a ripple effect that happens as we're hoping. And let me tell you, if you've been a person of faith and, and you said, okay, I, I'm a person of faith and I'm believing and I'm hoping for things in my life, you know as well as me, the hardest part of it is, and, and some non-believers go, you know, that, that Christianity, that's for the lighthearted. Let me tell you, it, try it. Because walking out your faith is having patience while you're hoping for what that to come into the manifestation is a spiritual word of just saying something evident to your eyes that actually is in the physical realm. But here's what we talked about last week. And I want to remind you because it's very important as we're growing that we see these skills developing in our life. It is when we're hoping for something and we're putting our faith in what we're hoping for and we're waiting and having patience to see that thing come about that we are overwhelmed almost at times with joy. Because we begin to, as we're waiting, we begin to look around of all the things that in the past that we've hoped for that actually now is in our life. Let, let me give you an example. Your pastor is doing something in his life, and, and I'm using me as an example because I don't know what you're hoping for. And I hope you know. And if somebody asks you, what are you hoping for? It shouldn't take you more than about three seconds to explain it. It should continually stay in the front of your mind. But here's what I'm believing for. One day to have a multi-million dollar sanctuary sitting on that piece of property right to our west. Yeah. And, and here's what's amazing. Is while I am waiting, I get to enjoy the benefit of this sanctuary. That when we built this and we moved in, sometimes, you know, it's probably with about 30 to 40 people total, children and all, that people said it was crazy to buy this size of piece of property and even build these buildings. Today, Terran Appraisal District, if you didn't know this, I've said it before and I'll say it at our Thanksgiving service has already put a value on this piece of property, the 10 and a half acres and all the buildings, at $10 million. Now again, you go, are you kidding me? We bought this piece of property, and it had floodplain on it. And, and I begin to think about this, how God works as you hope for something. And as, as your pastor, and I thought, you know what? You know, I, 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 I need to do, I, I need, I need, I need, I got, 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 got. I gotta, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. And see, it was almost like running in place. I, I got I got And if you know the story or not, let me tell you it one more time. Is I got so stressed out as I waited. I remember one day my thumb started twitching. Now that's not a big thing unless you just realize that that's one symptom of Lou Gehrig's disease. And all of a sudden, fear and uncertainty and doubt came into my mind and began to rob me of what I was hoping for as we bought and built this building. 
this morning, as we're waiting, we still look and have the joy of what is around us. Pastor, I am so ready for my husband to change. I'm hoping for that. Can you settle down and just think how much of a joy that man is in your life? Do you remember when you were single and you were praying? Yeah, can I get in? Amen from all the men. All right, that's enough. Settle down. But do you remember when you were single? It's time to joy, enjoy what God has given us. The children, man, I tell you what, I can't even do anything. I'm cleaning up after them. I'm taking them to school. Do you remember when you're believing by faith and hoping that you would have children? It's time that you begin to enjoy while you're waiting for the next thing that God is bringing in your life. Let me give you another thing. I'm hoping for people to come into our church that we've been praying for that we haven't even seen yet. Now watch this. I'm praying for mothers to come here that right now their daughters are praying for. I, I, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm, I'm waiting and looking and longing for God to show up. I, I'm hoping for this. Single mothers that have children with no families that need our church and they need family. I See, I, I'm waiting for people that are suffering in their body with sicknesses that they don't even realize that God is our healer and they don't have people to stand with them and pray with them. But here is where I'm at. And while I'm waiting and hoping for those people as they come into our family, I get to enjoy all of you. And you say, oh, pastor, thank you. Golly gee, you know, I never... Let me tell you, when we moved into this church, and few are here this morning that moved into this church years ago, but let me tell you, we prayed for you. And I remember the day that God gave us this property, and, and really we couldn't afford doing what we were going to do and we ended up doing, but I look back on the goodness of God and what we hope for and enjoying the time where God is bringing things into our life that we were enjoying the present, And that's what I'm going to ask you to look at as we go to another sermon this morning on this subject. But before I do, I want to read you Proverbs 3.6. Now, we're going to read Proverbs 3.5 in a minute. But here's what's important in Proverbs 3.6 in your life right now. As you're putting hope as an important piece in your life. We know that love and we know faith are important. But some of us have not looked at this subject in this word hope. But this is a key. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize Him. Who's Him? God. And He will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Anybody besides John Miller up for that today? Okay, there's five of us. Everybody else loves those obstacles in your way. Do you know what I mean? Just pick any time. Of the day on 35, and there's a lot of cars in your way. Can you make, can you just, oh, God makes a way. I'm still believing for a helicopter on my truck. Listen to it again. In all your ways, not just Sunday morning, 
Not just when you get your Sunday clothes on. But in all your ways. What are your ways? Think about it. It's not just one chapter out of your book during the week. It's all through the table of content of your life. That you're acknowledging Him in all your ways and recognizing Him. And He will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Let's pray. Father, now as we get into the next part of this series, God, I pray that you would again open up our ears to hear. But God, I pray that our heart, that we've been exercising wisdom, that God, our hearts are fertile to be able to receive your word. And God, you said that when, when the seed is planted in good soil, that it'll reap 30, 60, and 100 fold return. And God, I pray that. The God, that you would customize my message for individuals that are here today. They're going through different things in their life. They're seeing it differently. But God, I pray that their perspective changes and they see it the way that you see it. So that their path would be straight and their obstacles would be gone. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, you know, um, in heaven, God told all the men that had their households led by their wives to make a line over here. And over here, all the men that were the head of their household, over here. The line that the wife was the head of the family lined up for over 100 miles long. Over here, the line that was supposed to be the, 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 the husband, the man, was the head of the house. They were supposed to be over here. And, and when God said, get in the right line, he looked up and all these men were over here and only one guy was over here. Luke Miller. <laughs> and God said, guys, I made you the head of the house. What, what's up? All these, and there's only, son, Luke, tell these other guys how you were the head of the house. He said, uh, Sabelle told me to stand over here. <laughs> All right, now we can preach. Here we go. Today I want to continue preaching and really teaching on the subject of hope. And as you mature as a believer, you should be seeing skills come and tools, so to speak, in your, in your toolbox. In other words, when you're going through storms in your life, you, you have been resourced because the Word of God has changed your thinking. And you know as well as me, if you've been here a while, that the Word of God changes your thinking, and then when your thinking changes, it changes your emotions, and when your emotions change, it begins to change your choices. You begin to make the right choices. That's what makes your past straight. That's what removes the obstacle. And when your choices change, then all of a sudden there's things that begin to click. Your habits change. You begin to do the right thing. And when your habits change, your character changes. And in your character, then your destiny changes. And there's something about being in the right place at the right time. You just say, God, you're amazing. And you see and you experience the favor of God. 
So this morning, you know, men and ladies that work on things, if you have to tighten a screw and you go to your toolbox and you think, I only have a regular screwdriver and it's a Phillips. Has anybody tried to screw in a screw with a regular screwdriver that truly it's a Phillips? Anybody beside me? I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to walk all the way down there to get my Phillips screwdriver. I can do this. And you put it in there. You're turning it just a fragment. It's no good. But it works a little Today, I want you to take the importance of learning a skill that I guarantee you won't regret. And when we begin to apply this in our life as believers, we begin to see things differently than what we've done beforehand. You've heard me say many times that there's a lot of times a person that will be in a church 20 years and they kind of, I've been in this church 20 years, but they really only have one year experience in God, the things of God. They have one year, 20 years in a row. They've never gone on and learned things and applied things and come to the church for the reason of trying them out. You know that this room right here is called a sanctuary. It's a safe place. Sometimes people come and they think, well, those people aren't any different than the people. Let me tell you, we're all learning how to be believers and Christians and walking it out by faith. So please, I'll give you grace as you give me grace. This is a talent and a skill that God has given us to be able to learn. And today, let me give you another challenge. To grow in an area that is so overlooked, but here it is. That you begin to be ready to hope, listen, for the second laugh that will come in your life. That's right, I said the second laugh. I want you to look at Genesis chapter 18. And as you're turning there, I want you just to kind of listen as I summarize the first part of the chapter it says that God shows up, and there, there's three men, and we don't know if they're uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We don't know for sure if they're angels, but they are referred to as the Lord has shown up to talk to Abraham. And the Bible tells us that he begins to talk to Abraham and, and begins to unfold what he's going to do. And at a certain point, this is what I want us to hear today for this sermon. In verse 9, they say, where is Sarah? That's his wife. Abraham says, I don't know. She told me to stand in this line. I'm kidding. Just seeing if you're paying attention. I sure skip my son out. All right, never mind. Here we go. Where is your wife, Sarah, they ask him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, now, everybody, if that was all it was, we'd go, oh, that's nice. But there's a lot more details that are not set up to this point, but here it goes. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him, and Abraham and Sarah were already very old. They, they put that descriptive word in there. Not just old, but very old. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Everybody know where Sarah is at this point? She's very old and she's past childbearing age. That's man's logic. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought. <laughs> After I am worn out. <laughs> oh, and my, now you guys think about it. If you're old and you're going to have a child. 
ladies? Would you not be laughing too? This is Sarah. She's laughing. After I'm worn out, and my Lord, which is her husband, Abe, is old, will I now have this pleasure? See, they've been waiting and hoping for a son for most of their life. Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Well, I have a child now that I'm old? Is anything, listen to this, is anything too hard for the Lord? You need to write that down, and you'll get it in a birthday card, Christmas card, whatever you need. But you need to write it down. And some of us that are going through the storm right now, needs every morning when you're drinking your coffee, water, whatever you drink, or even if you're not drinking anything, just write it down. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Well, I know that. I don't have to write it down. Write it down again. It brings it to your mind all day when fear, uncertainty, and doubt tries to come and steal that hope. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. In verse 15, Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, oh yeah, you did. Yeah. I saw it right here. I saw Fast forward, I can't read two or three more chapters, so let's go all the way to 21. Genesis 21, verse 5 says, Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. I heard a laugh. Sarah said, God has blessed me with laughter, and all who get the news, what will they do? They will laugh with me. For so many years, I thought, you know, I, I just, that they will laugh at me. But no, no, she's saying they're going to laugh with me because she again is laughing. She also said whoever would have suggested to Abraham that Sarah would one day nurse a baby. Yet here I am, I've given the old man a son. Let me tell you this morning that that miracle still rings throughout churches today because of somebody that was hoping to the point when God gave them that message that they, <laughs> are you kidding? Are you kidding? Are you, real me? But let me tell you, when the day came, when it came into the physical realm, when there's a little baby bouncing on her lap that she's nursing, that people are coming by going, are you the great-grandmother? Grandma? No. Mommy. <laughs> really? It's her opportunity to say, God is good. That's why this morning I want to title the message, The Second Laugh. Because God places something in our life and it's up to you what you're going to do with it. See, see so many of us miss this and we can miss our destiny if you think about it this way when you lean on your own understanding and man's logic listen to these words it's dangerous because if you realize it or not what God has placed in your heart is part of your destiny of what he has for you and a lot of times we'll draw back and we'll have to go not me not me but God says do you want it I want you to begin hoping for that that I placed in your heart as a seed. I want you to believe with me. 
Do you know in Matthew chapter 16, something similar is happening, and it's a scenario that all of us have been in, where we think we're doing what's right, but God says, what are you doing? See, here Jesus says, I'm going to go and I'm going to die. They're going to they're put me to death. And Peter jumps in, you know. No, you're not going to go. I'm going to keep you from that. Nobody's... Everybody that doesn't know or has not been listening to what Jesus is saying would agree with Peter. What a guy. He's going to keep Jesus from going and getting crucified. But listen to this, these words out of this translation in Matthew 16, verse 23. It says this. Jesus turned on Peter and said, Get away from me, you Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are thinking merely from a human point of view and not from God's. Now, now this morning I want you to see this because those are pretty hard words that he would use or the translator would even translate him like that, that you are a dangerous trap to me. Because so many times that our mind is positioned in a way that other people have told us or that we have built our belief system out of our own experiences. I want you to see it different today. Don't allow the logic of men to limit an unlimited God. Listen to me. That when you think about God and he says, if you put your faith in me, you're going to spend eternity with me. Now, come on, that is it possible? None of us do that, do we, that are here that are believers? But sometimes we'll take that which is almost impossible in believing for our salvation but when God says, I want to give you this, we go, no way. This morning at the end of the service, I'm going to ask you for a takeaway from this service, this sermon that I'm preaching. What is God speaking to you right now in your life on that subject? Now, I said that I read Proverbs 3, 6. I want to read Proverbs 3, 5 out of another translation. And again, trying to figure everything out can be dangerous and it's a robbing of your destiny. It goes like this in verse 6. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Let, let me tell you, I have to sit there and almost, God, I'm sorry for that. Because I want to figure, and I know Lisa does because she said it from up here just last week. That's right, Lisa, I'm listening. <laughs> when, when you want all your ducks in a row so you can just la, la, la right through them, where God says, no, 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 you're going to get up to the Red Sea, then I will show myself to you. Trust from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. I'm up for that. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. You know, when I thought about this property and God blessing us, you know, I, I, was, I was like, I'm in. But I just was thinking the other day, and I was sharing this with Gwen, of all the things that happened after I said, okay, God, 
we'll buy that land that you provided. Because let me tell you, it had some hickeys on it. You know what a hickey is? Not a good thing. It had things like, it was a floodplain. There was about three acres out of the uh, floodplain out of ten and a half. But they were saying that to dig that, that little ditch out there could cost like 35000 So the price would go up. And then they would, say, they would say, you know, there, there's some other things and issues on there. You know, every load of dirt is going to be somewhere about $50 to $75 to bring in. How many trucks? Like thousands of truckloads of dirt. We had to fill in about three feet of dirt. The guy back here said, I wouldn't take that property if they gave it to me. We had somebody that told us, why did you buy that piece of property? Your church is too small to afford to do all the, up to, all the development cost into that property. Really? And I start gravitating to that logic. Ooh, did we, did we, did we? But listen, God doesn't do this. But what if he said, John, how much do they want for that? 135,000. What if I gave you 135,000? Would you buy it then? Well, yeah, I think I'd do it. When they cut this corner off, they put an intersection. And when we were going to buy the property of someone who said, Would you give them the quarter right here, which is a quarter of the acre? One acre, quarter. 43,560 feet, square feet in an acre, this is about 10,000, just this corner, and they put in an intersection. When we bought this land, if God said, would you give them that to put an intersection out in front of your building? Yeah, I would do that. But he gave us 135,000 for 10,000 feet, just right there in that corner. And then they put an intersection to boot. Yeah, that's exciting, isn't it? Would you buy the property? But see, if I'm listening to man's logic, it's too expensive and it's got too much floodplain on it. If God would have said, John, what if on top of that, they're going to put in a nice concrete, because back then it was one step up from a cattle path, Golden Triangle. Anybody live out here the long way? When you got out onto it, you almost had to go into a power slide to make sure you had enough speed not to get run over by a semi. Amen, Luke Miller, they got in the record. Anyway, we're going on. Would, would, you, would you buy the property if they put a four-lane concrete road instead of that blacktop? Would, would you buy the property? Yeah. Well, you just meant, John, I'm not done. Would, would you buy the property if they took three feet off of the, just the just the edge off of it so that they could make that turn a little bit easier and give you a $7,500? Would, would you t- buy the property then? Yeah, I think I would do that. But God, what about the permit that it's going to cost FEMA to approve us just to start digging the ditch? God says, well, what if the developer over here just voluntarily gave you 3500 for the permit? Would you, would you buy the property then, John? Yeah, I think I'd buy it then. John, to tell you what, all that floodplain that's on there, what, and, and that ditch that needs to be dug, 
what if I give you 35000 to dig the ditch? Would you buy the property then? Yeah, I'd buy the property then. It's amazing because there was an oil gas company that wanted to, to drill gas, and they paid 35000 to dig that we used to dig that ditch. Well, God, there's still a lot of dirt that we need. He said, John, what if all the development in this area, because you're going to buy it before all the development starts, and they're going to give you dirt, and some of them will pay to have it dumped on your property, and to boot, not only are you going to make money, but they're going to bring their bulldozers when they're done for free and knock it all down. Would you buy the property then? Yeah, I'd buy it then, God. <clears throat> when we built that building, there's two buildings down there, just about, it was somewhere around 150 truckloads. It was going to cost somewhere in the neighborhood of $20,000. Now, I've already experienced all this being brought out of the floodplain for free. Even a lot of it we made money on because they needed a place to dump the dirt. So the developer, or the uh, dirt contractor said, Pastor, we're going to need about 20000 from you. Now, did I say, why did we buy this property? After all those things had already happened. Now I go, can you give me a few days? Because I know somebody that will come up with the 20000 or all the dirt that we need. Do you see, out of what I've enjoyed and seen the joy of waiting, God has provided. Now, at this moment, I can look around and see things with my own peepers that are actually here in the physical realm that I can go, oh, no, God's going to provide. Listen to me. John Miller is nothing of a... I'm just the guy with the microphone. Come on. You've experienced this, haven't you? Watch this. When we were looking for about $20,000, God, how are you going to bring that in? I go over to I-35 that's in development. Isn't it amazing at the same time that we're in development? And I talked to somebody. They go, you call this guy. And the guy said, you call this guy, this guy. And so I called this guy, and he goes, you dirty so-and-so, what do you call it? I said, I'm sorry. I'm the pastor of the chapel, he said, I'm so embarrassed. I thought you were somebody else. What do you need? I said, dirt. He said, I got all the dirt you want, pastor. I'm a church member too somewhere, you know. Our dirt guy that was out here, he said that he had to call them off. There was so many semis of trucks coming in. $20,000 that quick. See, the thing that you're hoping for, that you have something to put your faith in, and when you've seen God move in your life, then you go to your toolbox and go, let me get out a little bit more hope here. God is good. So when all those trucks were driving and that guy says, you're not going to find, I, I'm a dirt guy. I, I've looked for dirt. There's no dirt out there. When all those trucks came in, he goes, uh, <clears throat> Pastor, do you get Got that guy's number. What did I do? What you're doing now? <laughs> the second laugh. I said, God, you're good. 
when a dirt contractor can't find dirt. And if he could find dirt, then he was going to charge me 20000 that he was going to get free. God says, no, 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 no. I've got dirt. If you haven't heard, I made dirt. Trusting God from the bottom of your heart is not always easy. But it's in finding the joy while you're hoping that you're putting your faith in, that you look around and you enjoy what God has already given you that propels you to the next thing that God is bringing into your life. Ten and a half acres. Ten million dollars that a church is able to obtain just by hoping and believing and walking it out. Now let's jump to another story real quick. Luke chapter 1. Some of you have heard this story before. And let's be honest, we hear it every year. And it's coming up next month. It's called Christmas. And here's the story. As an angel comes to a little young lady and says, you're going to have a child. But here's the thing. You're not going to know a man. See, here's the limited, less God that can work in a way that we, in our logic, will begin to limit God. And and Mary says, how can this be since I'm a virgin? I've never been with a man. And the angel answered. Now remember the angel that talked to Sarah? There's nothing too hard for God. I don't know, maybe the same angel. But it says this, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born to you called the Son of God. Verse 36, even Elizabeth, you know the older lady that you're related to? Yeah, she's with child. And then she's in her sixth month. I can imagine Mary going, what? In our culture, Mary might even threw a hip. What? (laughs) See, even it says that Elizabeth was unable to conceive. But now she's in her sixth month. For no word... Do you know what that means? Zero word. No word from God will ever fail. In the Amplified, it says, For with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. What did Mary say? See, because she's at a fork in the road. If she takes man's logic and view, she says, I'm sorry, I'm out. They don't work. I know the laws of biology. I know that you can't have a baby without a man. But it says this. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left. Do you realize that the angel didn't say, you unbeliever? Back when she said, how's it going to happen? You blew it. Nothing is impossible with God. You blew it. See, sometimes in our mind, we hear the voice that we're always blowing it or we're not enough. Listen, Mary looked beyond her own understanding and said, let's go. Some of us, listen, as I bring the sermon to an end, and we're going to have the Lord's Supper in communion in a minute. But let me tell you this. Some of you are in the same scenario as Mary. 
not that you're about ready to birth a child, but that God has given you a promise. And right now, in birthing that dream, you're waiting. And during the wait, you're putting your hope, God, I'm putting my hope in what I heard you say in my life. And sometimes it goes against all kinds of logic because we're too old. We're not educated enough. We've got a mess up in our life that wasn't really even my fault. But because of that, I can't be now. Nothing is too hard for God. Well, this morning you come to the agreement with me that we say, God, let's do it. I know that there's going to be times that I'm going to have to get, God, I need patience. I know there's times when there's going to be fear and uncertainty and doubt come in my life, but I'm going to say no to that. And during those times that I'm hoping, I'm going to look around and say, God, you've blessed me before, and if you've done it before, you can do it again. Mm, I love it when our church says, that's right. Amen, because you have stories in your life. Listen, will you say with me and we pray together, I will allow something to be born out of my hope. Plus then putting in that hope, the faith, and seeing people laugh with me how good our God is. God, you're good. Let me ask you, what are you hoping for? It was something maybe that God put in your heart that you're saying, God, it was so good that I laughed the first time. It was just almost too good. And we get to that point where we say, God, do you, do you really say that? Did, did, you, did you really say that? And we begin to doubt God that he really knows us, but we can't because he does know us. He knows us. He knows everything about you. So it's up to us to do our part. When the fear and the uncertainty and the doubt comes in, we say, no. We come to church to be encouraged by one another. And listen, can we just break down some of the facades and, and the walls and say, I don't need to tell anybody. Share that we can pray with you, that we can stand with you, that we can encourage you. I'm not talking about gossip. I'm talking about what's going on in your life. Can you pray with me about this? Can you believe with me for it? In a few minutes, just in a few minutes, we're going to take the Lord's Supper and this, this little cup that has the bread in it, this is just that what we use to represent the body of Christ and the blood of Christ in taking the Lord's Supper. And while we do this is to remember what Jesus did on the cross for us, right? But also what Jesus did on the cross for us is called the New Covenant. That, that a covenant is even stronger than a contract. Now, now watch this. The first week we talked about hope is our eternal security is secure. And God said, my promise, I, I'm going to swear by something. And here it is. He has nothing greater than himself. So he swear, swore by his own name. That here it is. I'm going I'm to save you from perishing and I'll give you everlasting life. That... The word of God says all his promises are yes and amen. We, we've, we've talked about that so many times that his promises is up to us to say amen, so be it. 
and walk them out. So when you take the Lord's Supper in a minute, what are you hoping for? That when you are reminded of the covenant that Jesus did for you and I on the cross, that we say, God, I'm remembering what you said is true in my life. This morning, if you would bow your heads, we're going to pray. If, if you didn't have one of these, if you'll just raise your hand, one of our ushers will come and give you one. It's just the, the communion. But here's what I want you to do. Just in the few seconds that we have, I, I just want you to, as, as right now, you're, you're thinking, what am I hoping for? What has God placed into my heart? I want you to apply this sermon to your life. What have in the past has seemed impossible to you that you would hope again, that you would believe again, you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life if you say Jesus come into my life and forgive me of my sins the Bible says that he will forgive you your sins and come into your life this morning if you would take with me the cup and the bread you would open it up and inside is the wafer of the bread and again in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 it says that when Jesus the night before he was betrayed he took the bread and broke it and gave his disciples and he said this is my body which I give for you let's take the bread together thank you Jesus what you've done for us. This morning, if you'll take the cup with the juice that represents the blood of Christ. What are you hoping for? As you take the cup, remember that our God is a healer. says by his stripes we are healed. If right now you're sick in body, you have a disease, if you have a sickness, if you've received a bad report, today is a day that you begin again hoping because of what we're doing and taking the blood of Jesus to remind us of not just the forgiveness of sins,
there's a time that's coming that you say, how in the world am I going to see that? And here's what I want you to confess out of your mouth, but in a way of confession with music, and it's a song. It's one of my favorite songs, and it says that he is a way maker, and he's a miracle worker. How, how many believe and have experienced something in your life that you go, wow, there's no way they could have done that without the miracle So sing along and watch and listen as it's coming out of your mouth into your ear. But you're the most important person here today that needs to hear that your mouth. It's a confession of You never stop working. 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 You never stop
okay we just got a couple more months let this thing play out no you have things you want to do before this year is out in the hearts and in the lives of those that are here today and we thank you for it thank you father for your goodness we will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living as this year begins to wind up you have some things that you want to finish and that's not thank you for that Amen to your goodness, your promises, things that you've placed in our hearts. Praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when John was talking there at the end, I have a couple of announcements I'm going to give you. But um, you can give today, by the way. Uh, give online. Give as you walk out the door. You can give throughout the week. Find our website. There's a QR code if you want to give on there today. But you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it's probably more like August, time kind of goes quickly, John said, Gwen, I sense that the Lord wants us to give this amount before the end of the year. Will you pray with me about that? I'm like, above and beyond what we're already doing in our regular tithe and offering, and you want to give that, that. And then he says, before the end of the year, you know, we're given, we always feel like, you know, God speaks to us, uh, you know, kind of in a we know in advance kind of we've got a plan for our kids and to bless our parents and 
those kinds of things. And he goes, you know, I want to give this amount. Yeah, yeah. Who cares what the news says about inflation? My husband says, we're going to give this amount. You know, I was encouraged today hearing that, you know, we all we are supposed to do is believe him. And he works out the details about how to get that to us. So I've learned, like with John over the years, I just, I just, okay, yes. And then I get myself together, right? I find my scriptures and I say, Lord, this is what your word says about blessing. You bless us and we are going to give back to your kingdom. We're a part of what you're doing in the earth. We're in partnership with you. And so that's where we're landing as we, in this year, and you hear messages of hope. It's for you individually. It's for us individually. Corporately, what God has planned. Um, you know, so our church is regularly partnering with local missions and also with international missionaries, some of which you've, you meet on a regular basis as they come through this church. So we encourage you, um, as you're winding your year up, ask the Lord, what do you want to do financially in and through me um, before December 31st, um, above and beyond what I've ever done before, and then be faithful to follow Him and that He's so good to bless us. And then I want to encourage you, if you're um, a first-time guest today, saw a lot of new faces today, welcome. We'd love to be your church family. If you sense that this is where the Lord would send you, we, we would embrace you. We'd love to have you here. It's been a great church family for us for many years, and so I'd love to have you uh, join and be a part of it. There's a connection card right there on the seat back in front of you, and you can fill that out and place it at one of the tables at the back. It gives us an opportunity to connect with you. If you'd like to know what's going on in small groups at the church, if you'd like to know about volunteer opportunities, there's a lot going on that we often uh, just direct towards social media. You can go to our website, chapelassembly.org. There's an icon at the bottom where you can connect on Facebook and Instagram to find out regular events, volunteer opportunities, and small group opportunities. So Thanksgiving is just around the corner, and we want to celebrate as a church family. Our Hope series, Hope is Here, will end on November 20th. So we want you to be here for that day. It's going to be electric as you show up. God always shows up, of course. So we're going to be here that day and have a great Thanksgiving service. And then following, there'll be a Thanksgiving dinner. You know, we're in the tech, you know, we're in the South. So, you know, dinner, lunch, which is a dinner. But um, so we're having a Thanksgiving time, a meal together after the service on November 20th. And we want you to sign up. So um, there'll be opportunities for you to also be a part of that as you sign up. Make sure your phone number is beside your name so we know how many family members are coming. We can plan. And there'll also be a menu following so that you can be a part of that. Um, the church provides a, a, a portion of that. But then we also like our uh, church family to participate and jump in and bring side dishes and those kinds of things. So do sign up today. There's, connect, there's sign up sheets at both connection tables at the back. And we want you to be a part of that Thanksgiving event. Did you have a good time in church today? It's supposed to be that way. We're supposed to feel better when we leave church because we encountered God, right? He makes all the difference. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and give you peace. See you next week.